Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. From autosport.com and autosport magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Ferrari's Charles Leclerc secured Ferrari's first pole position of the season for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, setting a time of 1 minute 42.03 on his final hot lap of qualifying today. His opening run in Q3 saw him match Max Verstappen's time exactly, but Max couldn't improve and Leclerc got the pole. Uh, followed home by Sergio Perez and Carlos Sainz finishing fourth. An eventful session uh, with some off-track excursions. Uh, Sainz managed to qualify uh, for Q3 with only one set of new tyres. And so we'll get into what all of this means because we're talking about qualifying on a Friday. And yes, that's a little bit weird, but we'll get into all of that. Uh, then it was uh, behind Carlos Sainz in fourth, Lewis Hamilton, Fernando Alonso, Lando Norris, Yuki Sonoda, Lance Stroll in the second, Aston Martin, and Oscar Piastri in the second. McLaren joining me to discuss is the editor of Autosport.com, Hayden Cobb. Welcome back to the Friday podcast. Good to talk. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Good. Feeling discombobulated at watching qualifying on a Friday and not wanting to sound like the old man going, oh, I don't like change. But I'm sorry, I'm, A, I'm old. And and secondly, I'm not keen on this change. But we'll talk about qualifying and then we'll get into it. And you can tell me I'm wrong, uh, dear listeners, if you want. Uh, so Ferrari back on the front then, Hayden. What did you make of qualifying today? At one point, it was... It was absolutely 0.000 between Leclerc and Verstappen. What did you think of that qualifying session from Ferrari today? Wow, where did that come from? And I think even for Ferrari themselves, they were pleasantly surprised unless unless they were playing the true bluff game. But I don't think so in terms of how their season has started because Charles Leclerc sort of openly said uh, at the end of qualifying, he was expecting Ferrari to be trying to get ahead of the Aston Martins and the Mercedes, but obviously pointedly left out the Red Bulls, uh, inferring that they would have been clear at the front. And and granted, it is just Leclerc in front of both Red Bulls. Um, so almost true to form of what he expected. But uh, no, Leclerc, I think we've, we've seen it for a few years now. He is 
He is probably one of the strongest uh, single lap specialists on, on the grid. Uh, and he just seems to have that extra edge when it comes to street tracks. He's got a great record now of, of qualifying on pole uh, at tracks like Baku. He got His last pole was at Singapore last year. Monaco, obviously, he's been on pole there as well. And and indeed, this is his third in a row at, in Baku. So, yeah, he, just, he, he said like after qualifying, he can play with the limits more he feels more comfortable playing with the limits at the street track which is sort of odd because if you play in the limits and he goes over it he's, he's going to be surely crashing more compared to say his performances on a on a regular circuit where he's got runoff but um no so be it. he still puts it together and putting a putting a great final lap in that q3 session to to take pole and sort of we'll see for how long for but stop the Red Bull domination so far this year and he had his legs on his teammate once again today didn't he that's right yeah Carlos signs sort of a remnants of, of, of last year of what we saw in terms of just didn't quite have the patch to sorry the pace to match his uh, his teammate Leclerc but um, still fourth place on the grid is again largely where Ferrari were hoping to be you wouldn't say we're expecting to be um, so He's not sort of embarrassed himself, but the the thing that will be most painful for him to read is the 0.8 seconds gap between the clerk and, and himself on on like for like tires and fuel loads and and everything. That's that's a huge margin. Uh, is isn't it? And a tighter between the two Red Bulls. Max Verstappen set the early pace, uh, but uh, couldn't quite get pole position for this one. Leclerc, a bit of a Azerbaijan specialist, like you say, but Verstappen did beat his teammate Sergio Perez to the front row uh, with a one forty point three nine one. But Perez, talking of teammate wars, qualified third, just a tenth behind Verstappen, but you know still counts. Verstappen still got him in the uh, in the stats war in terms of qualifying because this is qualifying for Sunday we should have made that clear at the beginning of the podcast because I keep because I, we assume that people know what's going on but ah, anyway we'll get into that uh, in a minute what, what did you make of um, the Red Bulls in terms of anything that they've said about being set up for qualifying pace versus race pace because looking at the lone free practice session this morning they were quick in a straight line and Max doesn't seem too worried about starting second yeah, that's that's right. So they have brought upgrades to to Baku for for this race, um, mostly sort of around the side side pods and, and brakes. But but it was interesting to say that they haven't changed or gone for a different uh, rear wing spec uh, for for this race, say compared to Australia. And perhaps that sort of alludes to the point of they're very much uh, comfortable with the the single lap pace and and the general top speed. That they can produce with their Red Bull uh, car, which is, to be fair, is, is rapid. So you'd be hard pushed to, to disagree with them. And AI, yeah, I think, oh, of course, they'll be disappointed not to not to be on the front row, uh, sort of lock out the front row, and not to be on pole position. But um, there's still a strong belief that, given the way the Red Bull uh, looks after its tyres, and especially compared to the, its rivals on that on that topic. You'd sort of expect Red Bull to come through and and be able to pick off Leclerc um, when it comes to the comes to both the sprint and the full Grand Prix uh, race uh, later this weekend. But interesting between Verstappen and Perez, not a great deal uh, within it, just a tenth, and both look relatively close on on single lap pace around ba- uh, Baku. So yeah, that's that's one to keep an eye on as well. I think. 
Yeah, so it lines up Ferrari, Red Bull, Red Bull, Ferrari. Lewis Hamilton in fifth had a difficult day, coming perilously close to being knocked out of Q2 um, before improving in Q3. He matched the pace of the leaders in the final sector, actually. He was um, one point or uh, one and a half tenths behind Carlos Sainz in fourth in the Ferrari. George Russell, though, teammate George Russell, missed out on Q3. A little bit of sweary, bleepy time on the uh, team radio that we were, we were played uh, and then he uh, and then he corrected himself and went, oh, sugar. Ah, it's too late, George. We, we know you're a nice guy on the radio, but it's too late. We, we bleeped out the sweary stuff. Um, missed out by four thousandth of a second to miss out on Q3. Uh, finished 11th place. Hamilton starting fifth, of course, uh, alongside Fernando Alonso. Uh, what's Lewis Hamilton said after qualifying? There's an article on autosport.com where he's talking about how this just highlights just how much work there is to do at Mercedes. Yeah, exactly. I think he's perhaps underlining the the, the problem that Mercedes face that they're well aware of, of just the deficit to, to Rebel, but in particular on this occasion, Ferrari as well. Yeah, Hamilton sure is fifth on the grid, but he's almost a full second off the pace of pole, um, which is huge considering they were fighting for well we obviously know their, their history of winning championships but they were still fighting for wins last year so that's the sort of the, the gap that they've fallen back to and, and as you say they were squeaking through in in q2 because of that sort of pace deficit and and as you said russell got knocked out it seemed like because piastri was the one that reco- um sorry improved right at the death of, of q2 to make it into q3 um which bumped Russell out and, and put Hamilton down in 10th for that session. So he just squeaked through. And it seemed like he may have grabbed a bit of a toe accidentally from Mercedes's point of view off Hamilton, who was coming into the pits at the time, which given how close that margin was, it could have made all the difference. But such is, such is the way qualifying can go. You can win some and lose some on that front. But um, it shouldn't, I guess, hide from the fact of purely on single lap pace uh, so far in Baku, it's very much... Uh, Ferrari and Rebel at the front and then the rest following on uh, so Mercedes will know they've got a fight against Aston Martin and potentially McLaren their their upgrade package this weekend seems to so far it's still very early days but so far paying off as you said like Nor- Norris is in 7th uh, and Piastri as I mentioned earlier got into Q3 for the first time in his F1 career and he got 10th and, and so therefore it seems like it's it's working. This is the car that uh, McLaren, I think, were hoping if they could control the forces of time, uh, started the season with this sort of specification with with one to come, a, a more serious upgrade package to come later in the season. So, and, and, and in fairness to them, this is sort of where they were in terms of the pecking order this time, sort of last season. So, yeah, maybe the real McLaren will be will be on show uh, from this weekend onwards. Yeah, plenty of upgrades this weekend. One of the things you can read on autosport.com earlier in the week is because the teams have to wheel out and tell us about all the various things they've done. So we've been reporting on that over the last uh, little while anyway. One of uh, several brilliant tech articles recently online you mentioned Aston Martin Fernando Alonso qualifying in sixth behind Lewis Hamilton teammate Lance Stroll struggling uh, with DRS at times over the weekend but lining up ninth on the grid he also set an identical time to uh, Piastri uh, uh, over qualifying as well which is which is just incredible to think that the the speeds are so high I think it was on the commentary they said there's like a thousand people behind each of these teams and they go and 
do it just down to the thousandth of a second. It's just crazy to think about. But uh, I guess for McLaren, bringing these upgrades, competing with the likes of Aston Martin, with the likes of Mercedes, they were you know not far. Lando Norris was not far, a couple of hundredths, maybe three hundredths behind Fernando Alonso, the Aston Martin, which at times has looked so rapid in the season so far. Um, I guess it sets up a really interesting midfield battle for Sunday. I keep having to check, not say tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, that, that midfield battle looks quite close, doesn't it? Massively, yeah. I think, like, like you say, it's like we've only really had one uh, disrupted practice session uh, and a regular qualifying session to sort of judge the McLaren upgrades. But it looks like they, they've certainly made that, that step forward to join that very intriguing midfield fight. It's been fueled largely by the it's sort of a new front wing detail, new nose, but in particular what's caught the eye has been that uh, a new floor and that's where we, we know um, that's where all the cars get the, the bulk of their downforce and their performance and and it's certainly striking on the eye. Um, so, so yeah, if you head over to autosport.com you'll see the images and the explainer of, of exactly what they've been up to. But um, yes, if, if, if they can be in the mix um, like against the likes of an Alpines and uh, Alpha Tauris that are uh, showing to the fourth day, then I think we're in for a great one, and, and, and that's what what McLaren would have been hoping for from from the start of the season, obviously. But we've only had three races, uh, and they obviously got uh, by their own admission a bit lucky uh, in Australia and bagged some points to to get their season started. So so maybe all is not lost for McLaren this season. Well, you mentioned Alpha Tauri there. Okay, standout performance today, obviously. You know, you've got to mention the pole sitter, but if you do look further back, then standout performance. Surely Yuki Sonoda has got a shout in being a standout performer today. Really impressive qualifying in, in eighth place today. A teammate, though, a sort of heaven and hell for that team. Um, Nick DeVries causing a red flag. Um, really big impact uh, back in Q1 and was so frustrated over the radio tore the front end the front corner maybe both I've not looked at the the damage report but at least one corner off that Alpha Tauri so work to do before again that's yeah that's <laughs> you that's know. right um, I, I do have obviously some sympathy for, for Nick DeVries he's not been to back I don't think he's ever raced in back in fact um, given his time outside of uh, Formula 2 and and sort of the Grand Prix scene when he's been in Formula E um, but he actually really impressed in first practice I think he was sort of in the Sonoda slot that you mentioned in eighth place in, in that session so you sort of had high hopes for him um, but as you say yeah he, he got the breaking all wrong for turn three and rather than backing out of it and, and sort of biding his time he tried to make the corner and then unfortunately just sent him straight into the wall um, at quite a high speed and yeah to the point where his the front nose of, of the car got wedged within the tech pro barrier um, when they were pulling the car out it was bringing the barrier with him, which mm-hmm. is not ideal. So yeah, that was that was that was less than good. So he starts the the Grand Prix from from last place. But as you say, the Sonoda uh, point is obviously a great final lap from him to put him eighth on the grid. The intriguing aspect that we're just finding out now, um, as of as of today, is uh, because of the way the sprint f- race format tweaks have come in. It hasn't meant that they've been allowed, able to adjust the tyre allocations for for how many sort of they need more. Basically, they need more softs this weekend because there's two qualifyings, um, but they haven't got that. And so teams were going into this qualifying session 
because of the way the rules were set out, knowing that they could use their regular amount of soft tyres, but that will leave them short for sprint qualifying, where it's mandatory to have soft tyres in Q2 and Q3 of that session tomorrow. What AlphaTauri have done, because they got snowed into Q3, they could have obviously just sat out the remainder of Q3, banked 10th and gone, yep, that's right, we'll keep this set of softs for hopefully if we make Q3 in the sprint qualifying tomorrow. But what they did was go out, grab those two spots, use that set of soft tyres. But it means that if Sonoda sort of repeats his qualifying performance tomorrow, he gets into Q3. He doesn't have any fresh soft tyres for for that session, uh, which which wasn't intended of the rules. They were meant to have all set ready to go for, for that. But um, they took the gamble. Will it pay off? Uh, you could say it, it could and it should, um, but it will, time will tell on that front because uh, he still needs to get the points on Saturday and Sunday, as is the case this weekend. We're going to get into that now. I'll just finish off Lance Stroll I mentioned in ninth, Oscar Piastri in 10th, and so George Russell 11th, as I mentioned, Esteban Ocon, Alex Albon, Valtteri Bottas and Logan Sargent in 15th. All right, we will take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about the sprint shootout and the sprint, the new look to your Saturday. Stick around back in a sec. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, let's talk about how the weekend has panned out. So middle of the week, the new weekend format gets ratified. There's a great video online. Uh, John Noble did a great video. I was just asking him questions, Uh, not blowing my own trumpet. Uh, I was decidedly average. Um, However, so Friday morning, free practice one, that's it. Disrupted as well. So disrupted session. So they lost time this morning. Straight into qualifying on a Friday when many people are at work. And as somebody pointed out in the YouTube video comments when I was saying, hey, people are going to miss this. They're like, "Uh, haven't you ever heard of recording it? Like, I have, I get it, but like, (laughs) yeah, fair play. uh, uh, But so, you know, good one. Uh, But a lot of people like live sport, whatever sport it is, they like live sport. And so, yeah, lots of people have to watch it on catch up when the kids are in bed or whatever, or they're working. But a lot of people like live sport. And if you want to watch qualifying, you can't watch it live if you're working on a Friday. So today's qualifying was for Sunday. Saturday is entirely siloed, if you like. So all of the action tomorrow is... So uh, it's qualifying, but it's not called qualifying, even though today's sessions were Q1, Q2, Q3, and we now know that tomorrow's sessions are going to be called SQ1, SQ2, SQ3. Sounds like an Audi. Um, uh, but but, uh, but but So it's, it is still SQ, it's still qualifying, but we can't call it qualifying, we have to call it sprint shootout. That's sprint qualifying uh, tomorrow morning at 9.30. Sprint race, which is now just called sprint, uh, is at 2.30. Um, what are your thoughts, Hayden? You know, obviously, 
you know there are uh, there are those that are impacted on this like the fans going to watch it the fans at home that's more important but you know the likes of us covering formula one the likes of sky tv have got to put a show together it all changed midweek what are your thoughts on this new weekend format I'm very intrigued to see how it all boils down because, as you say, Saturday has effectively become a standalone event that has very little bearing in the grand scheme of things on what happened on well on Friday, but also particularly on Sunday, and that was sort of the point of it. The obviously the the Saturday morning qualifying, which we'll just call sprint qualifying for the sake of simplicity, <laughs> um, that yeah, that will. Just focus on on the sprint. Now, my my concern, if there is to be one, is because teams can't make setup changes because they're already in park firmer conditions and they haven't got a great deal of data to learn anyway about what tweaks they may be able to do, we'll probably just have a repeat performance of the qualifying we've just seen on the Friday. So therefore, will the grid be that different? Probably not. Now, granted, the people can still crash and have mechanical issues, which we saw today. So your likes of uh, yeah, De Vries crashing into the wall, Gasly crashing into the wall, Magnussen having a an engine issue. They should be able to qualify where, or at least they will believe, they, they should be. Um, and equally, like those that may have issues may drop back. But beyond that, and if we're looking specifically at the sort of top 10, the sharp end, it probably won't be hugely different. As we mentioned earlier in the, in the first part of this podcast, Sonoda doesn't have any fresh... If he makes uh, sprint qualifying Q3, uh, he doesn't have any fresh softs f- for that session. But everyone else will and will have sort of the same things to play with. So my worry is that you just sort of get a repeat of the grid, maybe a few tweaks here or there. Um, but we'll, we'll sort of see, and, and then it's back to the the format that we've got used to over the last couple of years, which is yeah, your sprint race um, should take about yeah thirty minutes, I think seventeen laps of the Baku circuit. Um, but what's good, and the other impact of these changes is that finishing order obviously does not set the grid for Sunday's Grand Prix. That was set by Friday's qualifying. So the thinking behind that is. Yeah, no holds barred, all action. There's there's no risk for it impacting your your Sunday performance. So maybe there'll be a bit more risk taking in, in overtakes and all that. That's that's the hope. I, I think there might be. I, I to be fair to the F1 drivers over the last couple of years, once they got used to the format, they they were they were still going for moves and being quite uh, aggressive in the sprints anyway. So I don't think there'll be probably the, the chaos factor of, of Australia that we saw in that in that Grand Prix um, but maybe somewhere in the middle let's 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 see let's see I, I am very curious to sort of see how it how it plays out um, and as, as you said sort of the the people that are perhaps missing out on the Friday qualifying or having to catch up on theirs well it's it, there's two two things I can think of on that one is one it gives a competitive session to every day of track action which is which is good, it's important, that's a positive. And if you can't keep up when you're at work or maybe at school, if you've got your laptop or your your phone or your tablet and you just go autosport.com and follow the live text coverage, I'll be able to keep you up to date with everything that's going on <laughs> on that Friday qualifying. So just remember that for the next time is, yes, head to the website and you can keep an eye on, on who is uh, doing what in qualifying. Yeah, the, uh, the legendary Autosport live coverage, which we've been doing, 
I don't know how many years, but forever, uh, which enormously popular, by the way, in case people are kind of wondering, uh, you know, whether people really do follow it. Yeah, it, people do. And it's obviously people at work or people who sort of have taken a quiet look at their phone or something and following the uh, the text updates um, that we do. And it continues to be a really popular feature on the website. So qualify, sorry, sprint shootout. Let's call it sprint qualifying because it's going to be designated SQ, one, yes. two, three. So yeah. SQ is 12 minutes, 10 minutes, eight minutes. So perhaps because it's shorter than qualifying today perhaps teams might do different run plans or slightly different to the day before so as you say there are going to be subtle differences that mean well perhaps it won't be the exact order i mean it would be it would be crazy if it was the exact order from from fridays but and, and you know there, there are impacts on um people have bought tickets to go to to grand prix and so if you've bought tickets to an event that has a sprint maybe you're only going to go on saturday and sunday because you love to watch qualifying well now you get sprint qualifying and you get 100 kilometers or 17 as lap as it is this weekend race uh, but you won't see qualifying for sundays so you'll see probably better track action if you just bought bought a a saturday sunday ticket but it's not what you paid your money for months ago so and again very very late in the day to do this because you know lots of formula one fans are not necessarily hanging on every word the fia say so um you know i guarantee it, nobody is um, but you know ah, i just think it's I, I don't like the fact that saturday is totally self-contained and that that's it right friday is done now so if all you're interested in is in the grand prix and that endurance race then you're done friday done you can ignore saturday and then come back on sunday and i'm not sure people will i think if you like formula one you'll pay attention to what's happening on a saturday because points are still scored tomorrow not down to 10th place but some points are scored tomorrow um one thing i forgot to ask john noble on the video that i made with him for the youtube channel i'll ask you hayden do you think there's any chance and has anyone talked about teams not running even because of risk of damage or there's no chance of getting any points they're not going to use up their engine mileage now obviously there's a contract with the teams they have to take part you can't just decide oh we're not going to race on sunday because it's you know we don't feel like it so all the teams are contracted to turn up and, and go racing on a sunday but i don't know what the situation is with this new sprint format whether that is in the the agreement that they have with the, it, the, the right solder interesting question i definitely think all yeah all 10 teams all 20 drivers will We'll start the race because any, any even if you're starting last or even starting from the pit lane, you know anything can happen. Um, I think where 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 the point you've raised could could come up is is say yes they they have an issue an accident and they're uh, way off the pace a lap down with given that obviously the sprint race is very short with only a handful of laps to go and, and in all in all reality they're not going to make up that that difference. Uh, maybe they will pull into yeah to the pit save the the engine mileage. Um, for those, however many laps, um, d- but to be fair, that that happens in Grand Prix as well. Like we, we, that's not an uncommon thing to happen on a Sunday. So I think that or if that was to happen, not many people should be that surprised. I don't see it happening because we had sprint races the last couple of years, and it was a very rare occurrence for that to happen anyway. Um, so I, 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 even if it did, I don't think it should be sort of seen as a much of a shock or a surprise. Um, but well, it, we can only wait and find out. Really, it's um, I am so intrigued. It does feel odd to say, like you say, it's a self-contained Saturday. Um, but let's let's see what happens. I'm 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 happy to to give it a go, give it a, an experiment. Um, I think that was sort of again the whole point of these. The first point of the sprint race was see what happens. Does it make the racing better? Does it make it more entertaining? That is ultimately what these 
changes have come in for and if it ticks all the boxes and, and is yes for all of those answers then then they're probably going to be here to stay so yeah. we'll see I would like to see it after this weekend and, and a few other goes at it this season yeah, and as people pointed out as well in the, in the the comments of that video, look, not everybody is on UK or European time. Like, don't speak for me. Like, it's perfect. I'm not at work, and that's a good point. I was looking at you know, Miami is next weekend, and by the time that finishes late in the evening at 10:30 p.m. UK time, um, I'm, I'm thinking, oh man, I'm going to be recording the Autosport podcast at three or three thirty in the morning, and it's a reminder. Well, yeah, but I'll be doing it with our American colleagues, and it's going to be fine time for them. So, although I say, hey, people are at work, except it's disrupting. I don't mean to speak not everybody's on the same time zone as as we are yes Formula 1 has a big following in Europe but increasingly globally uh, as well so look uh, let's suck it and see let's wait and see I'm not convinced but yeah we'll 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 wait and see did it need to be changed midweek for this weekend like you say there's the little tyre loophole that the teams have got around the unintended consequence of the FIA with the soft tyres and things like that so it just seemed very last minute. It wouldn't have been a problem to to do it from the next time we were going sprint racing, which is, oh, that's a good point. It, it would be, I don't know when that's going to be. Aust- Aust- that's Austria. Austria. Yeah. June. Uh, yes. June, July. Yeah, so they've got a little while to wait. Um, but there we go. Anyway, uh, Hayden, what else is getting the clicks on autosport.com in the last couple of days? What are people reading and uh, excited about? Well, I'll rewind the clock about... 48 hours just to avoid all because basically it has obviously sprint race chat how's it going to impact the weekend everything like that but we had the the breaking news on uh wednesday afternoon of the uh another team principal changing or bites the dust depending on which way you want to spin it um alpha towery franz tost will leave uh, his role as team principal of, of, of the Italian squad at the end of 2023 and be replaced by Ferrari's current sporting director, Laurent uh, Mekis, who has history. At, at, he used to work at the team uh, for a number of years, both through its Minardi guides and uh, as uh, Toro Rosso, um, before he moved to work for the FIA and then moved to Ferrari in his current role. Um, but it's... Um, Another sort of mover and shaker in the paddock. Um, it, it's um, it sort of came as a surprise in terms of uh, the speed of the announcement. I think we um, sort of not, <laughs> sort of came out of the blue in, in in that sense of getting everything ready. But um, yeah, Laura McKees has been uh, acting as deputy at Ferrari under uh, Fred Vasseur and before him Matteo Bonotto. So knows the ropes very well. Knows knows inside and out um, Formula One. So it'd be very interesting to see how he gets on. Um, but the, I guess, the bigger questions that follow are: where does this leave Ferrari? Uh, and, and as you said, John's, uh, Jonathan Noble has written a, a nice analysis piece on 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 the Ferrari, sort of saying there's there's sort of no worries here, but but maybe there is. And yes, new boss Fred Vasseur, who's only started in January, uh, they still haven't found a like flight sort of replacement for Bonotto as the technical lead they lost their their one another key figure in their aerodynamics partner uh, David Sanchez to McLaren now McKees is leaving at least at the end of the season to Alpha Tauri uh, there's a lot of people uh, exiting Maranello uh, and not too many high profile names entering Maranello yet now that will be the key thing of who who comes in um, or do they restructure internally um, but 
that dynamic is still bubbling away and um, of course that that will impact the team performance short and long term and and their drivers the clerk and signs will think what's going on here what is this the right future for me is Ferrari the team to to take me to world championships which is they both want to fight for um, there's been paddock rumors so far about uh, Leclerc eyeing up potentially a Mercedes move in the future which has sort of get, got tongues wagging as well because well that that would be a, an interesting combination too so um, pure speculation at this stage but um, the yeah the paddock rumors and intrigue are, are, are cranking up a gear already this season and we love it and we love it you can keep your uh, your Formula 1 fix up to date by going to autosports.com and that's what uh, Hayden runs and the team of people that do an amazing job at autosport.com keeping us up to date I you know it's just great to visit several times a day hit refresh and see what's uh, what's new and at the top of the page and and things like that and so uh, you can read the very latest not just from Formula 1 but MotoGP Formula E uh, stateside racing as well IndyCar and of course WEC is having an amazing year Le Mans I mean it's going to be here before we know it that's, that's um, right yeah, we've got obviously the the, the prelude to it, the Spa uh, six hours this weekend. Um, as we, as we record, qualifying has just just finished, um, so I won't put any spoilers on this. If you're interested in your, in your wet results and haven't found out, but um, yes, it's that's hotting up um, all in sort of for the anticipation of yeah, the Le Mans 24 hours next month. Uh, sorry, just, not next month. It's just it's still it's April. Gonna, it's still yeah. April <laughs> in June. Yeah, it's going to be a little while uh, to uh, to uh, to uh, to get to Le Mans. But I think I was watching it on YouTube earlier. It was sort of they'd, they'd put the free practice, um, uh, the six hours free practice on. I think on YouTube or somewhere really accessible that it just popped up on my phone. I'm like, oh great, I can watch watch this now. A little more accessible than, the, than the streaming Formula One. But there we go. Great. That leads us into Saturday, the standalone Saturday. Uh, with shootout and sprint and then of course Sunday join us on Sunday night for the big Formula One review podcast thank you very much for listening to the Autosport podcast and we'll see you on the next one Sports Social Podcast Network For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase it's a culture and the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe for the safety minded who watch everyone's backs Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.